Good morning, everybody. It's good to see you all here. My name is Tim Park. I serve as our lead pastor. If this is your first time visiting our church, a special welcome to you. This is a, an exciting time of the year. And next Sunday is going to be a special service. We're having our baptisms during both services next Sunday. Yes, you can clap for that. You can always clap for baptisms. If you've put your faith in Jesus Christ and you've not yet publicly demonstrated that in front of your church family, we encourage you, sign up to be baptized next Sunday. And next Sunday, after our two baptism services, we're going to join together for our E-Free Family Friendsgiving Feast. And I've been looking forward to this for a long time. Because we're going to eat some turkey and all the fixings. Uh, our amazing team is going to provide all our feast for us next Sunday. So just come hungry. And we'll gather together after our 1045 service. So that's next Sunday, November 19th. I want to take a moment to say a special thanks to Pastor Mark Hopper, who shared God's word with us last Sunday while Joanne and I were gone. And a, a special thanks to him. I deeply appreciate Pastor Mark. He was here for our first service along with Susan, so I had a chance to thank him personally. If you see him outside, thank him um, for sharing God's word last Sunday. And speaking of Thanksgiving, the title of this morning's message is Thankful People Are All Season People. Thankful People Are All Season People. And today we're going to be in Ecclesiastes chapter 3. We'll look at the first 12 verses of this uh, amazing book and chapter. Now, are you familiar with the term all season? All season usually applies to tires. Right? And so if you have all-season tires on your vehicle, you have a peace of, peace of mind knowing that you know, these tires, they'll get you through any weather condition. Dry conditions, wet conditions, icy, snowy conditions. And so all-season tires basically allow you to drive in all-weather conditions. Did you know that the term all-season can also be applied to people. So if somebody comes up to you and says, hey, you are an all-season person, take that as a compliment because the dictionary defines an all-season person this way. An all-season person is someone whose behavior is appropriate for every occasion. I like that. So if you are an all-season person, your behavior is appropriate for every occasion. That means during your holiday parties, okay, you're not going to be that awkward uncle this year, okay? <laughs> and so you're not going to be that strange relative. So if you are an all-season person, your behavior is appropriate for every occasion. Here's the thing that I want to share with you this morning. Thankful people are all-season people. When we have an attitude of thankfulness, we are prepared for whatever comes our way. Now, that doesn't mean that we'll always like what comes our way. We don't have to always like what comes our way. And it doesn't mean that we will always think that everything that comes our way is easy. But if we have a heart and a mindset of thankfulness, what that will do is it'll allow us to behave appropriately for whatever does 
come our way, the good as well as the bad. King Solomon in the Bible, he talks about seasons in the book of Ecclesiastes. And in chapter 3, we're going to look carefully at this incredible description of life. And we're going to look at one of the most fascinating passages in all of literature. And oh, by the way, it just happens to be the Word of God. It's such a descriptive passage that we're going to look at today that songs have been written about this passage. I'm going to begin by reading to you the first eight verses of Ecclesiastes chapter 3. So I invite you to turn to Ecclesiastes 3. And I'm going to read the first eight verses in their entirety because this passage was actually designed to be read all together, all eight verses. After we read those verses, I'll go back and we'll unpack this rich passage. So Ecclesiastes chapter 3, starting in verse 1, it says this, There is a time for everything and a season for every activity under the heavens. A time to be born and a time to die. A time to plant and a time to uproot. A time to kill and a time to heal. A time to tear down and a time to build. A time to weep and a time to laugh. A time to mourn and a time to dance. A time to scatter stones and a time to gather them. A time to embrace and a time to refrain from embracing. A time to search and a time to give up a time to keep and a time to throw away, a time to tear and a time to mend, a time to be silent and a time to speak, a time to love and a time to hate, a time for war and a time for peace. Now, from a literary standpoint, this passage is nothing short of brilliant. Solomon uses some of the most descriptive words to describe a person's life. So, what was Solomon saying here in these first eight verses? Basically, what he's saying is this, that life on earth can be divided into seasons. So keep that in mind throughout today's passage and message. Life here on earth can be divided into seasons. Now, I know that here in Southern California... It's not always easy to distinguish one season from another, right? They kind of just blur together. But those of you who have lived in the Midwest, maybe in parts of the East Coast or maybe in other parts of the world, you know when winter comes. You know when it's cold. You know, here in Southern California, when it dips below 50, we think the world's coming to an end, right? This morning in my car, it read 46 Yes. And I was like, what am I doing? I don't have my heavy parka on. But joking aside, it does get cold in Southern California, especially where I live in the flatlands. We have no coverage, no trees. And so it can get really cold in the winter. And by the way, you know this, that in the winter when it snows, it's, just, it's an amazing view, right? Because here in Diamond Bar, we have some of the most spectacular views of the snow-capped mountains. I love it during the winter. And did you also know that once every century or so, it actually snows in Diamond Bar? Once every hundred years, it snows 
in Diamond Bar, and it just so happened to snow this past March, and I was here to prove it, okay? So I'm about to show you a small video of me on our patio during the week when we had a snowstorm <laughs> in Diamond Bar. Ready? Watch. Real snow in Diamond Bar. It's snowing in Diamond Bar. Yes! That was not hail, okay? That was actual snowflakes. And it lasted for maybe about a minute. I didn't have a chance to do a snow angel, but it actually snowed here in Diamond Bar. Seasons are the perfect metaphor for life. And here's the thing. Each of us is in a certain season of life right now. And we can look at seasons in a couple different ways. We can look at seasons in the sense of uh, the different life stages. So some of you right now, you are students. That's your season of life. Some of you are dating, getting ready to be married. That's your season of life. Some of you are married. Some of you are married with children. Some of you are grandparents. Some of you are great-grandparents. So we are all in our particular season of life. But seasons, as you know, can also be viewed from this understanding of the level of difficulty or ease of our outlook on life and our life experiences. So for some of you today, you are in a great season. You, you're, you're, the flowers are blooming, so to speak. Okay, that the skies are blue, the waters are calm, you're enjoying life. So that's the season you're in right now. For others, there are no leaves on the tree. For some of you, the, the clouds are dark and they're threatening and the storms are approaching. Here's the thing about seasons. Every person will experience the various seasons of life. So if you are in a good season right now and the flowers are blooming, enjoy it. The reality is there will come a time when the clouds will get dark. It will come. And for those of you who are experiencing rough waters right now, please know that there is hope and the waters will calm. There's a time to be born and a time to die. Solomon says. There's a time to plant and a time to uproot. In other words, what Solomon is saying is there's a time to start something and there's also a time to end something. Certain seasons will bring new life experiences. Some of you like change. Some of you don't like change. You want everything to stay the same year after year, decade after decade. We're all wired a little bit differently. But the fact remains, we will all go through the various seasons of life. And we need to be ready to handle those changes. We need to be all season people. Solomon says there's a time to kill and a time to heal. There's a time to tear down and a time to build. This is a metaphor. What is Solomon saying here? There's a time to kill 
and a time to heal. What Solomon is talking about here is our health. He's referring to our physical health, something that every single one of us can relate to. There are seasons when you're going to feel healthy and strong. And then there will be seasons where our health will fail us. There are seasons where we're going to feel vibrant, alive, we'll do deep knee bends and jumpy jacks. And then there will be seasons where it is just excruciating simply to get out of bed. Some in our church are experiencing that season right now where your health is not where you would like it to be. And then there are others who are experiencing renewed health, vibrancy. But as you know, we cannot only thank God when we are healthy. We cannot be fair-weather Christians. Thankful people are all seasoned people. You know, every new year, which is coming up soon, every new year, people usually hope for, wish for, pray for a handful of things. Well, well I hope you prosper. Well, I hope I prosper. They hope that. They wish for that. And I wish you good health. Here's my question. If we pray for good health in 2024 and our health does not improve, does that mean that God loves us any less? Absolutely not. In fact, maybe you've learned in your own life that God can use even your failing health in the most powerful way to use you to be a testimony in that season to encourage somebody else. We need to be ready for all seasons. There's a time to weep and a time to laugh. There's also a time to mourn and a time to dance. That's what Solomon says. The reality is there are certain seasons of life where we're not going to be happy. And Solomon says, you know what? That's okay. Sometimes we're going to wake up feeling burdened by what awaits us that day. Some of you woke up this morning feeling happy, but my guess is some of you woke up with burdens on your shoulders. Some of you woke up with weight on your shoulders. We're not always happy. Even if you come to church with a smiley face, inside, I get it, I know it, I'm there with you, we're not always happy. Solomon says there will be seasons of joy and laughter and seasons of mourning. If you are in a season of mourning right now, please know that dancing is awaiting you. Okay? And if you've not danced in a long time, when it's time to dance, just dance all night. All right? just, just dance like you've never danced before. Because it is coming. You know, people who live in regions where the winters are very long, sometimes they don't see the sun the entire day. They can't wait for spring to come. If you are in a winter season of your life, spring will come. That is a guarantee. Solomon says that there's a time to cast away stones and a time to gather 
stones together. This is a very vivid description. Here's what Solomon is saying. At times, we will cast away stones, set stones aside. At other times, we will gather stones. Here's what Solomon means. When he wrote this, it was common for people to pick up stones to throw them at other people to cause harm or because they're in battle. Even today, we see this, don't we? You turn on the news, we see people angry at people on the other side of the street, and so they pick up rocks to throw them at others in the middle of that conflict. What this verse is saying is this. There will be times of conflict in our lives in which we will pick up figurative stones to prepare for that conflict. And then there will be times when we will put those stones down. No life is free from conflicts. We just need to learn how to pick and choose our battles, right? We just have to pick and choose our battles because we cannot fight every battle. Hopefully, as we mature in our walk with Jesus Christ, we learn when to pick up stones and also when to put them down. Because here's the reality, and I've learned this in my own life. If all we do is keep picking up stone after stone after stone, the weight of those stones will become unbearable. It's just too much. We have to learn to pick and choose our battles. We cannot fight them all. Husbands and wives, you know that there is no such thing as a conflict-free marriage. There will be seasons of smooth sailing. And then there will be rough, rocky waters. And that's all in one day. Maybe the same hour. One minute, life is great. You're looking at each other with these lovey-dovey eyes. And then, boom, one second later, some word comes out. And it turns the entire mood. That can happen on a daily basis. No marriage is conflict-free. No family is conflict-free. No church is conflict-free. No workplace, no school. No neighborhood is conflict-free. Now, I know that you all have great neighbors, right? Every one of your neighbors is perfect you have no conflicts. You have no weird neighbors. If you have no weird neighbors, you're the weird neighbor, right? And so, so, but think about our neighborhoods. If all we do is battle our neighbors, the weight will become so heavy. What I don't want us to ever become is this. I don't want us to become the person that says, hey, get off my lawn, kid. That's not what God desires for us. The more bitter we are about life, the heavier the weight will become. When we have a spirit of thankfulness, it lightens our load. If we stubbornly try to win every battle, here's what's going to happen. We will make a lot of enemies, and even if victory comes, what good is it if you have no one to share that victory with? Sometimes 
We just need to lighten the burden of conflict and let it roll off our shoulders. This is an area in my own life that God has worked on over the years. He's still working on it. But once upon a time, in a certain stage, when I was younger, every little thing would get to me. And I was stressed out over everything. It would burden me to no end. But you know, sometimes we just have to let it roll off. Because we cannot keep gathering stones. They will be too heavy. Solomon goes on to say that there's a time to embrace and a time to refrain from embracing. He says that in verse 5. And here's what he means. Different seasons will bring different people into our lives. And we might be close to someone for a season. And maybe with that same person, we might not be as close in another season. And sometimes we, we feel bad about that. Sometimes we feel guilty about that. But I want you to know what Solomon is saying here is sometimes, you know, even situational friendships can bring blessings. For a season, if God brings someone into your life, workplace, community, ministry, God can use that person. He can use you to bless one another for that season. There's a time to embrace and a time to refrain from embracing. What we don't want to do is this. We don't want to have the attitude that says, okay, you know what? I don't like my life. I don't like my situation. I don't like the people around me, so I'm going to change my life. Sometimes we try to take matters into our own hands. That's not what Solomon's saying here. He's saying there's a time, and as we discern with wisdom when to embrace and when to refrain from embracing, then we will understand that God has these seasons for us. Solomon continues on. He says in verse 6 that there's a time to search and a time to give up, a time to keep and a time to throw away. This is for all of you compulsive hoarders. Here's a newsflash. It's okay to throw things away. Some of you, you know, I, I see elbows there. It's okay to throw things away. You know, it's no mistake that Solomon wrote this centuries ago, knowing, well, God knew, that one day in the future, centuries later, there would be a show called Hoarders. So if you think you're on the brink of becoming a hoarder, here's what I want you to do. Go home tonight print out several copies of, of this verse, verse 6, time to keep and a time to throw away, and just put them all over your piles. Time to throw away. Solomon says that there's a time to tear and a time to mend, a time to be silent and a time to speak. What does it mean? A time to tear and a time to mend. Well, in many cultures back then and even today, people tear their clothes in the grieving process. There will be times in our lives when we will deeply miss loved ones. 
And some of you are in that season right now. Now, every season of grief is unique. And I, I hope you know that no two people grieve exactly the same. For some, the grieving process can be very long and arduous and painful. Within the same family, there are family members who grieve differently. And oftentimes what happens is when, when family members grieve differently over the loss of a loved one, it can result in tension between family members. Oh, why, why isn't so-and-so grieving like I am? The grieving process isn't long enough yet. Why have you moved on? I haven't moved on. So every one of us is wired a little bit differently. And the reality is sometimes it can produce conflict and tension even within family. No matter the grieving process, God's word tells us this. It tells us that there is a time to mend. So give space to those who need to tear and grieve. Please also understand that there's a time to mend, a time to heal. One commentator says this, if it's going to be painful, go through it. Don't get stuck in it. If it's going to be painful, go through it. Don't get stuck in it. We cannot avoid pain in our lives, but we need to learn how to grieve and how to mend. You know, for those of you who have experienced loss, the holidays are especially difficult. If you've experienced loss, we invite you to a special Zoom gathering tomorrow evening at 6.30 p.m. And you can connect with others who are facing similar challenges. You can talk about your own personal challenges. And you can receive biblically-based encouragement. If you are in a season of loss right now, I encourage you, contact our church office. Email them, office at efreedb.org later today or tomorrow morning, and they'll send you a Zoom link. And I trust that you will be encouraged if you attend that Zoom gathering tomorrow evening. If it's going to be painful, go through it. Don't get stuck in it. And then Solomon concludes this section by saying that there's a time to love and a time to hate. There's a time for war and a time for peace. We've all watched the news. We know what's going on in the world. People and groups and countries are at war with each other. There's been much bloodshed. People on both sides of the battle lines have had their lives turned upside down. Here's what I want to say about war in the context of today's passage. And, and before I say this, I know that people have been talking passionately on both sides about what's going on in the world. No matter how we view war, no matter our opinion on war, war, is this war just? Is that war just? Is this war more just than that war? Here's what we want to know about war. 
War is always the result of sin. That's what I know. War is always the result of sin. You see, humanity is in a fallen state. There's none righteous, not one. You can read all about that in Romans, the third chapter. And as long as humanity is in a fallen state, we will experience turmoil this side of heaven. You know, there's a phrase that appears 29 times in the book of Ecclesiastes. It's the phrase, under the sun. Those three words, under the sun. So if you read chapter after chapter in this book, you'll read that phrase over and over again, 29 times, under the sun. When Solomon wrote these words, under the sun, what he meant was without heaven in view. This side of eternity, without heaven in view. In other words, this is what life is like without an eternal perspective. And unfortunately, this is how some people in our world live, without an eternal perspective. And if I live without any eternal perspective, then guess what? Life will be frustrating, it'll be monotonous, and it'll ultimately be empty. We'll go from one pursuit to another, one possession to another, one pleasure to another. Trying to find ultimate satisfaction only to find frustration. And in that sense, here's what we want to know about the first eight verses. Ecclesiastes 3, 1 through 8, is there for us to set us up for the next four verses, verses 9 through 12. And this is what Solomon writes, starting in verse 9. What do workers gain from their toil? I have seen the burden God has laid on the human race. He has made everything beautiful in its time. He has also set eternity in the human heart. Yet no one can fathom what God has done from beginning to end. I know that there is nothing better for people than to be happy and to do good while they live. Now, these four verses, they remind us that it's all about perspective. We have the ability to choose to live life with any perspective we choose. Do you know what a loom is? L-O-O-M. A loom is a device used by weavers. Okay? And here's the thing. If you were to crawl under and look up at the underside of a loom, what you would see would be tangled yarn, knots, and maybe at most a vague pattern of source. So from our perspective, looking up at the underside of a loom, it's not all that pretty. It's not all that artistic or great. So if we approach life only from that perspective, only looking up from our end with a finite perspective, life will seem a little bit kind of confusing. But if we pause and then understand that from God's perspective, he sees all the art. Because he has eternity in view. So if we view life knowing that God is working everything out for his glory and for our good, then we'll have a better outlook 
on life. And, church, it all begins with an attitude of thankfulness. You see, because if I approach life from a complaining spirit, then everything that day is going to follow suit. But if I wake up thankful, then I will have the perspective that Ecclesiastes 3 talks about. So my encouragement to you this week is this. Don't miss your life right now because you are stuck in the past or you're fixated on the future. So my encouragement is this. When we wake up every morning this week, wake up and remind ourselves, don't get stuck in the past. Don't be fixated on the future. Choose to live my life right now for God's glory. Because all I have control over is that moment. I cannot undo the past. The future, I have no idea what's going to happen. And you've all experienced that. For some of you right now, where your health is failing you, I hope you know that God can use you probably in one of the most powerful ways in your health situation right now as a testimony for Jesus Christ. And for those of you who are strong and healthy, you just went for your annual checkup and you are a perfect specimen. Where are you? (laughs) Who are you? If that's you, Just know that God can use you to be the hands and feet for those who cannot do right now. So let's not get stuck in the past. Don't get fixated on the future. Live for God's glory now and be like Jesus. Amen? Let's all pray together. Father, we thank you for Ecclesiastes. Thank you for this wonderful, timeless, brilliant, amazing passage. Thank you for reminding us that you are sovereign. We are not. As long as we have an attitude of thankfulness, God, we will be all seasoned people. We'll be ready for the wet roads as well as the dry ones. We'll be ready for the slippery and icy roads as well as the perfect conditions. So help us to live as all seasoned people people this week. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.